Welcome to American Indian and Alaska Native Living, a program designed to educate and inspire listeners throughout Indian country. American Indian and Alaska Native Living is hosted by Dr. David DeRose, a board-certified specialist in both internal medicine and preventive medicine. Dr. DeRose has a wide range of experience with Native health issues, and he is here today to help you learn more about your health. Here is Dr. DeRose. Welcome to American Indian and Alaska Native Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We are so glad you're joining us today because we're speaking about something that is incredibly important, but actually it's one of those things that often slips off our radar screen until it's, well, sometimes too late. To help that not be the issue is my special guest today. He's an attorney. His name is Chip Merlin. Chip, it's great to have you with us today. Hey, it's great to be with you, too. Thanks for having me on. Chip, there's a lot of folks uh, in the industry, if you will, especially in the insurance industry that know your name and know about your firm. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do for those who don't know you. Well, it's one of the more nerdy aspects of insurance, uh, and I'm an insurance coverage attorney. I only represent policyholders. My, I've been doing it since uh, 1985. I used to represent insurance companies for my first three years out of law school, just doing insurance coverage, not personal injury cases, not where we're defending other people, but literally defending the insurance company. And I switched over early in my career in 1985 and uh, been doing it ever since for the representation of policyholders, whether it be um, large corporations, uh, municipalities, uh, people, uh, small, even car accident cases, health insurance cases. It's so long as you have an insurance policy and you're a policyholder, uh, what I do for a living is represent you when you have a dispute with your insurance company. And that's what I've built our entire law firm upon. Years ago, I was working in Florida as a physician, and I have boards in both internal medicine and preventive medicine chips. So under that preventive medicine umbrella, I was doing a lot of occupational medicine. I was working with businesses, and we did a lot of pre-placement exams for people going to work in different industries. And uh, one of the folks that came into my office one day actually worked for a large insurance company, and uh, we had just had a number of natural disasters, hurricanes that had impacted Florida. And I said, boy, this must be a tough, uh, tough time for you guys, you know, with all these uh, losses. And he said, no, no, this is a great time. He said that this is where we get to help people and where we make our, our customers for life. You know, we help them where their areas of need is. And I thought, well, I said, that's an interesting perspective. But as uh, I was learning about you and the work that you do, it's not every insurance company that looks at uh, a disaster as an opportunity to really do well by their clients. Tell us a little bit about these dynamics in the industry. You know, well, what you just described is is the way it should be, and that really should be the culture. It should be the insurance company sells a product that most of the time people don't know what they're buying. They have no idea. If you read the insurance policy, which nobody does, most of the time people don't understand the insurance they're buying. They just think in the event I have health insurance coverage, I'm covered for that if I buy some type of property insurance, I'm covered for the property gets destroyed. And that's kind of it, because most people just don't go through and read the entire insurance policy. And most of the time, something really significant doesn't happen. But when it does, that's the time you know, that the insurance company claims adjuster, the claims department is supposed to stand up. And if they had that attitude about, boy, this is the chance for us to prove that we're going to stand up and take care of the promise we made to that policyholder, even if they didn't expect this would happen to them, it would be a different world out there. And don't get me wrong. There are some insurance companies that I know 
that actually teach that to their claims adjusters. And they tell them from day one in their training, look for ways to find coverage. We want to get you out there. People are paying, you know, they're good, hard dollars. And if we take care of them, then we know they'll come back. Mm -hmm. Um, I've recommended some of those insurance companies in my book, and I've talked about some of those. And so to say that the entire insurance industry is looking to to be cheap and they're greedy and they're not going to treat you right. I'm not one of those people. And that's just not the truth either. But there has also been a sea change, especially in the last 20 years Mm. or more and more where insurance companies are competing on price. And you hear the advertisements all the time, uh, save 15%, go choose this, only buy what you need, all in a way to reduce the amount of coverage that's available to policyholders, because that's the only way you can really compete on on price is to provide less service, less coverage. It's a Swiss cheese type of insurance policy. And so that when the time the uh, catastrophe happens, whatever it might be, you really aren't getting that full product backed anymore. And it's, uh, it's unfortunate, but there's been a big change since the time you were in Florida. And right now, I think there's been a cultural change. And I actually tell people that's one reason why my law practice has grown so much over the years. So we're excited that you're putting out information about good firms as well as ones that we probably should be uh, scrutinizing more carefully. You do uh, have a book out. You mentioned it, but we haven't heard the title. Tell us a little bit about the the recent book that's really out there to help people navigate some of these waters. Yeah, well, uh, Forbes have published a, a book that, that I wrote, Pay Up, Preventing a Disaster with Your Own Insurance Company. And I really wrote that book so that people would not have disasters. And, and uh, it's not a long read. It's got 12 chapters that I go through various stories trying to outline a various, you know, this is a lesson you can learn about insurance. And this is what you need to watch out for. And and this is, these are practical steps that you can take in the event you find yourself uh, in a position of having an insurance claim, but you don't want to have that catastrophe. I, I didn't write it for the purpose of people, hey, every single time you have a loss, go call your attorney. It's It wasn't that type of book. I was really trying to give some very practical advice for people to avoid that. And, and, and just to indicate that, I gave advice. The first thing you should do is way before the loss, hire a great insurance agent. And a lot of people kind of overlook that, the importance of finding an agent that is passionate about what they do and, and is knowledgeable and is concerned about not just finding the best price, but also the best coverage for that person and their lifestyle, whether it be you know a business or an individual, and all things change, and somebody that you know is going to be looking at those changes in your businesses and in your personal life so that you have the types of coverage that you need and you can afford, and will be there after the loss happens to help be your advocate, your first advocate, to advise you about the coverage that you have, because let's face it, you haven't read the policy anyway, you're relying upon this professional, mm-hmm. and second, to make certain that you're getting all the benefits under that policy that you've got. So one of the very first things that I stress in this book is to hire a great insurance agent and how to go find that type of agent. This is such great information. I love uh, your style of writing, actually telling stories, illustrating things. I mean, this really resonates with my listeners. And I know, of course, we can't cover the entire book, even in a in a full interview format like we have during a one-hour show. But we do want to highlight some of these really compelling stories because I think they draw us into the dialogue So, Chip, why don't you lead off with something 
that uh, would make some of this really practical to my listeners? Well, you know, you mentioned you were in the health in- industry for a period of time, and you would obviously, if you're in the health industry, you're going to bill your patients for various things that you're going to go do. You would think the insurance company's going to read what the bill is and then agree to pay whatever the policy might say. Uh, and one of the stories we talk about uh, is a story I represented a person out of Ohio, and uh, she called and indicated that she had a very aggressive form of cancer. And thank God the doctors treated her despite the fact the insurance company didn't pay. And and what we found in the discovery of of that lawsuit is that insurance companies, all health insurance companies now, don't have people that are reading the billing that comes through. Instead, the billing goes through computers that are really then on algorithms and based upon this artificial intelligence that's out there. The artificial intelligence based on that computer software will indicate whether or not payment is going to be made or approved for a certain medical procedure or not. No human being ever reads it. So we got into the lawsuit and had had doctors even write these letters, you know, indicating that she needed to have the, the, the procedure performed. And in the claims notes, they had this one note that I'll never forget. It said, help, help, help. It is obvious that the procedure was necessary, but I can't get the computer to change its mind. And oh, so eventually we went, we went to a, a mediation and I said, this is sort of like, you know, 2001, a space odyssey, you know, with how the computer, when the astronaut is stuck outside the spacecraft and he couldn't get back in and the computer saying, sorry, Dave, we're not letting you back in. And it's unfortunate because, you know, when you start to think about it, it's, it's a mistake to allow just computers and the software that you know is going to make mistakes when you have not millions, but billions of decisions that they're being allowed to make on people's most precious you know, commodity. That's, that's our health. And this particular case, thank God the doctor stood up, did the surgery, even though the lady couldn't afford it. And so we'll just wait to see what happens with the lawsuit and if we'll get paid. But you know, that's just a snippet of the change that's gone on because of the changes of technology as a result of insurance companies trying to cut their costs in the claims departments within the health industry. And I think most people don't know that that that's gone on, that really your your bills are not reviewed by people until you start to say something and it's you personally trying to talk to somebody to get that change. Well, this is definitely sobering stuff. And I know some folks who are listening in right now, they're saying, well, boy, I'm glad that I'm covered by my you know, tribal health program. I'm glad my, my you know, nation has taken this on and I don't have to deal with some insurance company. So some of you listening today are thinking you're, you're very fortunate, but many people throughout Indian country, of course, they do have private insurance. They're going through other uh, forms of uh, insurance coverage. And these situations that you're describing, Chip, are not just rare, isolated examples. Isn't that fair to say? Oh, no, I think the, that example I gave is predominant uh, throughout the health industry, It's especially in the health industry. And the stories I tried to give are, are stories that are real-life examples. They're not exceptions, but I think lessons to be learned because other just regular people in situations that come up that do come up in life but the the hard ones and it's when you really need that insurance when it's really not just a small matter they didn't deny you for 15 dollars, but they're not going to pay you for a medical treatment they need they're not going to pay you for uh your lost business income at a time that your business really needs that 
money after catastrophe survived, the, the surgery that you might need, and it, it, the list goes on and on. You know that most of the time we can survive small little denials, you know, from the insurance company. But boy, when that big one comes, you don't want to have that second catastrophe. And that was kind of the point of the book, and also to highlight some issues I think that we have in society that we we need to address. You know, for the for the medical billing, I mean, there needs to be uh, easier steps and more steps that get people to human beings that have a true sense in that culture. We want to take care of our customer afterwards. And if the computer software program is not working right, we need to have these things, especially for the most important medical procedures that can't wait. You know, they need to be taken care of right away before it gets, before it's too late. Um, to have those you know, flushed out quicker uh, and changes made so that we don't have those dire circumstances because not all doctors, not all hospitals are going to say, okay, no problem, we'll go ahead and do the procedure anyway. And that's just you know, true. I know everybody says there's a, a right to uh, medical care. It's really not true. It's a, it's a scarce commodity. There's only so many doctors. There's only so many hospitals. There's only so much money to do everything. And, you know, and that's our system you know, for right now. So you know, I, I really spent some time thinking about the stories that would best fit the various you know, situations for everybody. And um, that's why I promote the book. I think it's a good one for uh it's easy read that people will, I hope, remember as they go through their entire life. So, Chip, I know that it's not just me who's excited about what you're doing, but Forbes Books, uh, you know, got wholeheartedly behind the project. If you will, they owned the project. I know to a lawyer, I probably shouldn't use the word own, but I'm, you know, I'm speaking, <laughs> I'm speaking metaphorically. And uh, basically, they're the publisher. So you've got a great resource out there, but you have a lot more than just a book. Uh, we're winding up in this segment, but tell us how folks can connect with you, tap in your blog and other resources that you have. Well, it's real. There's, there's not too many Chip Merlin lawyers. As a matter of fact, there's, if you Google the name Chip Merlin, it just doesn't, it usually leads to me. So it's a, in terms of researching on the internet, it should be pretty easy to find. Uh, MerlinLawGroup.com is an easy way. The second way is uh, Chip Merlin blog. I write it uh, every single day, property insurance blog that comes out. Those are probably the two easiest ways to, to get to me and then, and then just follow from there on the contacts. Tremendous. We're going to give you that information again, but right now we do have to step away. I'm Dr. David DeRose. You're listening to American Indian and Alaska Native Living Radio, and we'll be back with a lot more with Chip Merlin right after this. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please reach out to us on the web at A-I-A-N-L dot O-R-G. That stands for American Indian Alaska Native Living. Again, A-I-A-N-L dot org. Or you can call us at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid. But there is hope. Reach out to someone. Connect with your friends. Stay in touch with your community. And know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. When Jim died, I wondered if I would be able to keep the farm. 
Then I heard about the USDA's loan program for socially disadvantaged farmers and ranchers. It's for women and minorities who may be having trouble getting credit. Once I was approved, the USDA's Farm Service Agency helped me get the credit I needed. Now I don't have to sell, and I can pass the farm down to my kids the way Jim's dad passed it down to him. I know he'd like that. Contact your local USDA Service Center or visit www.fsa.usda.gov. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian and Alaskan Native Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to American Indian and Alaska Native Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. With me today is a lawyer. He's the founder of the Merlin Group, Chip Merlin, has been helping people with insurance challenges for literally decades. Chip, it's great uh, that you're here sharing your expertise and also that you've put out a book, a very practical book for our listeners. For those who are just jumping on, tell us one more time the title of the book and where to pick it up. Well, the name of the book is Pay Up, Preventing a Disaster with Your Own Insurance Company, and you can pick it up on any of the uh, Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, anywhere. Just put Pay Up. And it, it, it should show up or pay up Chip Merlin to show up on any search engine. It's easy to get. We have it in Kindle format, audio books. Um, I often tell people if you like reading the hard copy, it'll help put you to sleep for nothing else. Sometimes insurance can be a dry topic, even though I try to keep it short and sweet with some of the uh, stories in the book. Well, let's transition to some more of those stories. And one of them that I know would resonate with people throughout Indian country. I'm thinking of many of the individuals that tune in. They're part of a tribe, maybe they're up in Alaska, part of a tribal corporation, maybe they're in the lower 48 and they're working for a tribal entity. So some of these tribes today, you know, are very diversified. They have all kinds of things in their footprint in the healthcare, hospitality industry. I mean, it goes on and on. And so help us speak to uh, maybe some folks might be in tribal leadership, maybe sit on a tribal council. What kind of things should they be thinking about when it comes to ensuring business interests. And by the way, this applies to people even who are non-native listening to our show, business owners, uh, whether it's a large corporation or small. Help us. Give us an illustration and maybe walk us through it. Well, you know, I often talk about the family business. I also talk about the small commercial businesses, especially. And and as they grow and change, I often then go back that change and somebody you're going to be with for a long period of time is very important. So the very first thing, again, just like for personal insurance is who's your insurance agent and what does that person specialize in? 
and what do they really do? And I talk about, they're looking for the credentials of the insurance agent. Uh, or are they members in the community that are leaders? Do they teach other insurance agents? Are they somebody that other businesses go to? And not just a friend, not somebody you just might know. I mean, look at the credentials. And in today's day and age, you can search somebody and find out who the leaders, the regional leaders are, the state leaders. And this is extraordinarily important for business insurance. And I often talk about the story in a book, one of my very first cases when I was a small or a young attorney with a small little law firm of one. And I was referred a matter where the family business had moved from New York down to Florida and they had a major fire and the major fire was to their main place of working. And, and it was on one side of the street and on the other side of the street was their warehouse where they didn't have much. And somehow the insurance policy got flipped that the, right, the address that is over at the warehouse that had all the coverage, millions of dollars, and the one that was the main one didn't. And I was going through the coverages and I was also asking, how did all this ever happen? And they talked about uh, in the business, the younger sons allowed dad, who was in his 80s, and uh, the, the treasurer, the old treasurer, to go ahead and negotiate with an agent and find the best price, which they did. But that agent really wasn't somebody that had been with them for a long period of time. And, and so, you know, you, what you want to do is have somebody who's very detailed, very passionate, very involved in the company and about what's going on and the various mm-hmm. risks that you face in your particular industry. And that's a much more complex product and gets more complex as your business grows which almost all businesses do, and they change, and you have different types of uh, concerns. And somebody who is an insurance agent is trained about the risks of that particular industry with your particular business to help you have the full amount of coverage, as well as make certain it's, it's correctly put down in the policy. In that particular case, we, we prevailed eventually, but we also had to sue the insurance agent who placed it down the wrong way Whoa. and the insurance company at the same time. And the point of my book, again, is, I'm trying to prevent you from having to come to see people like me. I really don't want that for the readers. And if you'll just get that extra expertise from that special agent. And I often tell people, you know, you know, they look at me kind of quizzically. I said, suppose that you had to go have brain surgery. All right. I mean, do you want to have just any old brain surgeon or do you want to have the very best brain surgeon that you can find that's going to do brain surgery on you? And everybody says, well, I want to have the very best one. Well, insurance is kind of the same way too. You know, you don't know you need it until some big catastrophe happens, like your headquarters gets burned down. Then you'll know the value of that very good insurance agent. So don't take it lightly. The odds of something really, really, really bad happening are not great. But when they do, you'll be happy that you spent some time up front and you'll have a lot better peace of mind than you spent some hard work finding somebody who's a great insurance agent and not just one that's going to go and sell you insurance policy because it's cheaper than somebody else might be selling. You know, this is a fascinating dialogue, Chip, because as I'm listening to you, you know, you've got a book and the book is called Pay Up. I think it's almost ironic because it seems like most people, when it comes to insurance, like you alluded to in the first segment, they're trying to think how not to pay up because honestly, most of us, uh, at least, hopefully, we've paid a lot into insurance and we never got anything paid out. And so people are 
often motivated to pay as little as possible. <laughs> and right now they're thinking, well, here, this guy's got a book. It's called Pay Up. Why would I want to pay any money for a book like that? But I hear your point, Chip. I think it's eloquent. And that is, if we're not thinking on the front end about how to protect ourselves, well, then why are you even buying insurance in the first place? Again, any insurance agent can go out and beat another insurance agent price. And, and, I, and that sounds crazy, but there's 101 ways they can do it. One of the first ways is to sell an inferior product and don't tell your customer about it at the time. Rather than say, you know, selling a full replacement cost policy with a 25% replacement cost guarantee in the event the entire community you know, is wiped out and you have these escalation in prices just for your home, they can sell you an actual cash value policy and probably cut the premium in half. And you mm -hmm. might go and say, my agent found a great insurance policy for me. People brag about it all the time. And I'm glad I was almost like, thumb, you know, hey, look at me. I did good because I was able to find an insurance agent that sold me some insurance uh, that at a lot less price. And most of the time, most of the time, nothing happens because you don't have a fire that wipes you out. You're mm -hmm. not next to one of the wildfires that have been going on in California and the various places in the Great West. That we're involved in cases all the time out there right now, but we've never seen wildfires like that until just recently, and you could have gone for years without having to worry about having cheap insurance. But what do you do all of a sudden when it does you know, hit you? And I talk about stories of having to represent people that are especially a little bit older, and they're retired. And if you get wiped out and you don't have the right insurance, where's the money going to come from? Your savings is about the only place it can come from. You know, and the thought of having to go back to work when you're in your 80s in order to pay for you know, a mortgage that you might have, that uh, whatever it might be, the financing you need, because you didn't have the foresight to make certain that your agent that you picked isn't just selling you a bill of goods that are not worth very much. And that's why it's cheaper, you know, is a, is a big warning in my book. And so, again, anytime insurance agents you know, are selling products, it's very, very important to make certain that you're asked, are you certain this is the same? When you say it's cheaper, is it cheaper for a reason? And what are the differences in the coverage? And what type of agent are you really? Because you should be telling me that in advance. And most of the time, I would caution people about you know, going in with an insurance company or with coverages that are less, just, just on money. Unless you're positive, it's the same type of coverage. Good insurance agents will look for that for you. That's their job. But there's a, many, I hate to say it, in the, in the industry that are not that way. They're just looking for your premium dollar. They know most of the time there's not going to be a major loss. They know most of the time they're not going to get people upset with them. And if they do, they say, well, you decided to go with the cheaper insurance coverage. Sorry. You know, and then they let you go. And it's a very sad state of affairs that I see people in on a repetitive basis. And we're getting sucked in more and more because that's kind of the mantra that you hear today in almost all advertising for insurance. And the insurance companies have found two things. People like to be entertained with advertising. So almost no matter what you find, it's going to be funny or eye-catching, and uh -huh. you can save money if you'll just give us a telephone call. You know, there's no, and if you went back 70 years ago, most of the advertisements had to do with almost warning, you're going to lose out if you don't have the right type of insurance company, mm. if you don't buy, you know, the full amount of coverage. As a matter of fact, in the 1950s, the home insurance company used to run a two-page ad in Life magazine. And on one side, they said, this is an insurance company, of a business that's insured by the home a year after the fire on the next page, this is a business that was insured by a different insurance company and it's out of, and they had a thing out of business. 
Mm. And that's because they were trying to sell their product in terms of when it really matters for insurance. When you have a loss to your business, are they going to be out there to pay you right away so you can get things rebuilt, that you have business interruption coverage, you can be there and stay in business and your customers aren't going to leave you and go somewhere else versus one who might delay and not pay everything because they don't, they don't care about the service. They don't have that culture that we talked about you know, before, or they're actually selling an inferior product in their insurance policy. So I always warn people, it's, you pay for what you get most of the time in life. And there's one thing not to be cheap on is that when you're really counting on coverage for that catastrophe, you want to have peace of mind that you got the full coverage with a great company. Chip, this is uh, just amazing stuff, and uh, I know you've got a lot more practical information. We do have to step away. Before we do that, one time more, the website where people can go and find a lot of your information. Well, you can always find me at MerlinLawGroup.com. It's kind of behind me, and that's the website I would go to every single time. You can put Chip Merlin Lawyer. I'll be the only one that anybody will find on a search like that. Pretty unique name. We got it. MerlinLawGroup.com. Chip Merlin, he's not going away. We're going to be back with more in the second half of our show. Stay tuned. We've got some great information that you don't want to miss. We'll be back right after these important messages. American Indian and Alaska Native Living will continue in a moment. If you have questions or comments about today's pre-recorded broadcast, Please contact us on the web at AIANL.org or call 1 800 775 HOPE. That's 1 800 775 4673. A message from the National Police Association. It used to be that any able bodied person would offer to assist a police officer in danger. Now, passers by are more likely to take a video. There's a better use for your phone when an officer's in trouble. Call 911. Tell the operator where you are and what you see. Then start your video to provide evidence later. To learn more about how you can assist law enforcement, visit nationalpolice.org. That's nationalpolice.org. Unlike other health concerns, mental illness is not always easy to see. Depression won't show up on an eye chart. And you can't measure it on your bathroom scale. Sorting out a mental health concern is not something to attempt on your own. You won't find a bipolar disorder by looking at a thermometer. Like many other health conditions, help for mental illness takes professional diagnosis and treatment. Anxiety won't just go away under a stick-on bandage. So the sooner you seek treatment, the better. If you or a loved one has a mental health concern, don't go it alone. Find out what to do. For 24-hour free and confidential information and treatment referral, call 1-800-662-HELP. Learn more at samhsa.gov support. That's S-A-M-H-S-A dot support. Using meth taught me everything about freedom, only not like you think. It taught me how easy it is to lose your freedom. If you think meth is taking control of you, ask for help. You have the power to be truly free. I know. I'm Jan, and I'm free from meth. If you or someone you know is struggling with meth, call 1-800-662-HELP for 24-hour free and confidential treatment referral. Learn more at samhsa.gov meth. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian and Alaska Native Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. 
Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back for the second half of our broadcast today. You're with Dr. David DeRose and with attorney Chip Merlin. He's the founder of the Merlin Law Group. And he's been sharing with us some practical things that can help you, whether you're an individual, homeowner, uh, have a health care policy, whether you're a tribal entity, whether you're trying to protect the interests of your tribe, whether you're a business owner, a lot of very practical things. Chip, I'm going to bring the story to the West Coast. For many years, I lived and worked in California. And in fact, I was living within a mile of the Tahoe National Forest. So we were in a high-risk fire area, and uh, we saw our escalating insurance premiums. In fact, uh, a nonprofit organization that I was uh, actually doing some work for there found their insurance, I want to say quadrupled, but it was something that was worse than that, where they actually looked at the metrics and they said, we could pay for all our facilities, you know, uh, with this insurance premium just over a few years. So uh, just like a lot of homeowners in those high-risk areas, they uh, actually said, we're just going to self-insure. Tell us a little bit about what's going on, because we do have a lot of listeners in California. The largest number of Native Americans in the U.S. are in California, even though percentage-wise, there may be higher percentages in places like Arizona or Oklahoma. So tell us a little bit about, and by the way, mentioning Arizona and Oklahoma, those places are not immune to uh, natural disasters, obviously. But talk about the fire risk, uh, especially in some of those western states. Yeah, the the wildfire risk has really been a game changer in California over the last decade, uh, especially. It's And there's been a number of causes for the wildfires. And when we even say man-made, I don't mean intentionally man-made, even if it's as a result of electrical wires that we have out there. I mean, one of the biggest, we're having fires all over Napa and various areas of California because we can't turn off and then we can't turn back on uh, our electricity without seeming to contribute to a wildfire in California. So much so that one of the largest utilities went bankrupt because they had so many lawsuits, many times by insurance companies suing back to get their money after they pay homeowners and businesses for all the fire losses they have. Mm. You know, but the climate change, without a doubt, is having a major impact upon uh, the state of California and all you know, surrounding areas into Nevada, Colorado, Washington, Oregon, everywhere in the, in the Great West. Uh, and as a result of that, we've seen an increase in the frequency of the number of wildfires in rural areas. And you know, while I know we can take some mitigations efforts, and there are a lot of discussions about that uh, in terms of natural burning and helping natural burning, it's a very expensive social, you know, it's a huge expense to go do so. And it's not going to fully take care of everything. And as a result of the numbers and the frequency of losses that we've had and the severity, because these have not been small fires, but just mm. huge fires consuming businesses and homes at a rate that we've never seen before. Eventually, insurance companies start having a hard time staying in business. You can't stay in business with lots of large losses. And having small premiums, you've eventually got to have a premium that's going to cover this. And one of the things in my book I talk about, you know, insurance is a social product. We all mm. buy it. We're all part of the risk pool. And when we have losses, that's the worst thing that can happen to anybody. And so what can we do to mitigate that? And I do applaud California and trying to look at various ways that we can do this. But in the short term, the prices are going through the roof because of the numbers of 
claims that are being submitted. Um, some insurance companies have come up with a number of mitigation efforts. Um, some have been questionable because they're expensive and some only the most affluent can, can buy. Uh, Chubb came up with this and a number, Chubb and some other insurance companies have come up with phones that they'll come and put out around homes and structures if you'll pay an extra amount of money to protect the structure from a fire. But those same insurance companies also are taking risk management procedures so that they'll come out, take a look at the home and try to cut back on the brush, uh, the, the wood debris, anything that'll burn. And taking a look at our building codes, especially in California, regarding what kind of roofs do we have mm. so that when burning and hot embers you know, hit a home or a business structure, they don't result in, in, in a fire. And so we're starting to see changes in the building codes. You know, we don't have somebody um, having you know, anything on a roof material that's going to burn. Um, you know, starting to be, we're not going to allow that anymore because it's, it, that's a major concern for us. The same way in California. We had building code changes that occurred in the late 20th century, even up to now, with respect to getting ready for the vibrations from earthquakes and things mm-hmm. like that. We're doing the same thing with respect to you know, fire. And, and I think in the long term, that'll help mitigate against some of the losses. But we're having just huge fires. And there's not enough people in, in construction companies around to build, build back and build back communities. And we're having major disputes with insurance companies regarding the amount of insurance that was sold originally not for not being enough to get even close to covering uh, the cost after an entire neighborhood goes down mm-hmm. and is burned to the ground, literally. The cost because of the demand for the, both the materials, the laborers, especially if it's in some areas that I'll have to talk about some places in Santa Monica and, and Malibu, and other areas where there are very fine homes, custom homes, where the movie stars and all the celebrities live. I mean, some of those prices are just out of sight because there's not enough um, skilled laborers to do that. But even in other communities where you don't have these homes, there are not enough contractors to go around to rebuild without the price escalation happening. And so we've had a major dispute with insurance companies about the cost of rebuilding in those areas. It's it's just not a good situation. I often say the best loss is the one that doesn't happen. And so I've been a big proponent of trying to find ways that we can mitigate uh, against wildfire losses with more uh, risk management that's going to take place by the insurance companies. You might have to pay for it more, the individual, but your chance of having your home or your business burned down will be less. And second, having insurance companies and there's been a change in the law in California. At the time of renewal, insurance companies have an obligation to determine what the full replacement cost is you know, for structures, which is good. And that will help prevent that situation of people being underinsured and not having enough insurance in the event you know, a fire takes place. So it, it, I don't think it's going to go away. I hate to say that just because of climate change and we've got to be ever vigilant on it. But we're starting to see some changes in the regulatory law. Uh, that will at least help mitigate some of the um, pain that people are going through, as well as to keep the insurance product affordable. You you raised a great point. To the extent it becomes unaffordable, people start, well, that means I've got to self-insure or I'm out of business. I I can't Mm -hmm. afford the insurance. I can't afford this property. I'm going to have to sell. I'm going to go somewhere else. And that's not what we want. What we want as as a social product is having as affordable insurance as possible available to everybody. So we're going to we're being forced to go into these mitigation efforts right now, and I applaud them 100%.
So a lot of great perspective, Chip. And I'm thinking now back to your book, Pay Up. You're talking to consumers, but of course, you're talking really to people in the industry as well. I, I hope uh, you're getting their ear as well with uh, with your recent uh, uh, book out there. But what are some of the other areas that commonly affect people? I mean, I know we've got to speak about you know automobile insurance. I think that's one that most people can relate to. But is there anything else on the radar screen that people say, boy, you know, Chip, I read this chapter in the book and this really spoke to me where I was at. I can't tell you the amount of nickeling and diming that goes on, especially on the smaller but more frequent claims. And mm. I tell the story all the time of, uh, you wouldn't know it today from, from, from my body, but at one time I was, a, I, I ran, I run 38 marathons and I was out running over a hundred miles a week. And, wow. uh, and I'd be at, I'd go see my massage therapist you know, three times a week just to help my, my aching legs, so to speak. And, and this one day she told me the story that she'd been in a car accident and, and, and she was at fault, but her collision coverage was paying for all the damage that had happened. But they said that they were going to take a deduction for, for betterment um, because she was getting a, a new paint job, at least in part, and like a new carburetor for some reason that needed to be replaced from the accident. And I said, that, that's not right. They shouldn't be taking any if that's what it costs to fix the car right, that's what it costs to fix the car right. You pay that less your deductible that you might have. And so I called her insurance company and, and I asked them some questions. Are, are you, look, I'm calling because I don't think this is right. You know, and they explained what they were doing and they said it was betterment. And I, I asked them, are you sure you're just doing it just to herd because she's a single young you know, mom? And they said, no, that's the way we did it. So we filed a, a lawsuit over only $425. Wow. In small claims court, I took a deposition of that adjuster. They told me the same thing. I asked for the supervisor. Supervisor told me the same thing. No, we're not picking on her chip. We do it the same time. Do it the same way. I took them the office manager, you know, for for that lady, and and they said yes, that's the way we do it. We do it all the time. And then I called one of my class action friends. And I said, why don't we get together on this? And that four hundred twenty five dollar claim ended up settling for twenty five million dollars a couple years Whoa. later on a class action basis for the entire state because they were nickeling and diming people over small amounts. And most people don't know their benefits and they don't think about this and they might, you know, that who wants to fight city hall over $425. I always think about that because she wouldn't have called, she wouldn't have thought that an attorney might take a case for $425. When I instantly heard what was going on, I, I thought to myself, this is a major insurance company. They certainly know better. They know mm -hmm. what the regulations mm -hmm. say. And if they're doing this to everybody, this could be a class action, but let me file it. And let me see what they say. And, and sure enough, it, we were able to do a lot of good for everybody. And I'm glad to say that insurance company doesn't do that anywhere in the United States anymore. Um, but these small things always come up in, in car accident cases. Do they pay for, you don't even think about that. If you have 10,000 accidents that might happen and you don't pay for uh, the $55 just for the tag, and do they have to pay for a replacement tag when you have a replacement? These little things come up a lot. Mm. Well, that saves $55 10, times 10,000. It might be 100,000 if you're a really major insurance company. And you can do the arithmetic about over a year and then years how much money that saves by what I call nickeling and diming policyholders. You know, I would suggest that most of the time our insurance commissioners, you know, and our regulators are supposed to be looking for these things in market conduct studies. The truth of the matter is, 
many of the insurance commissioner staffs just don't have enough time mm-hmm. or they don't have the expertise to do so. So I often tell people, you know, if you, and even if it's a small amount, if you try to just reach out to somebody who might be more professional that ask about this, a great insurance agent might help you. But in this particular instance, the agent who sold the policy was also an agent of the insurance company. And mm-hmm. that agent was not about to say anything negative about, you know, their insurance company. But you know, when you ask me about car insurance and uh, especially health insurance and these more free but low cost amounts, there is a lot of nickeling and diming and chiseling that goes on that then really leads themselves to the need for class action lawsuits. Because if it was just one, it would be very difficult for me to justify most states, you know, filing a lawsuit for $425. Nobody could afford to do that. And most people by themselves don't have the knowledge. You need an attorney. And the reason why our society needs class action lawsuits and good attorneys that are bringing the best of those to prevent this type of wrongful chiseling, you know, that goes on by major insurance companies that make a lot of money from it until somebody finally brings it to a head or brings it to their attention and they have to pay it for it and pay penalties for it. No, I really appreciate you sharing that because I think the cynics in society say, you know, here's these lawyers just getting rich. I mean, here, this woman gets a few hundred dollars and they're collecting all these millions. But I appreciate, Chip, you putting it in the context of really doing right by everyone, not just now, but in the future. We want to hear some more of these uh, compelling stories and uh, some more practical illustrations. We do have to step away. We're going to be back with our final segment of American Indian and Alaska Native Living right after this. Don't go away. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. If a natural disaster comes knocking, how prepared is your family? You can't just close the door on earthquakes, floods, or hurricanes and hope they go away. That's why it's important to make a plan now. Ready.gov slash plan has the tools and tips you need to prepare your family for an emergency. So if disaster shows up at your doorstep, you'll be ready. Visit ready.gov slash plan and make a plan today. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. I'm just texting him back. I'm just posting a story. I'm just changing the song. I'm just... No. When it comes to distracted driving, just don't. Sending a text takes your eyes off the road for just five seconds, but in that time, your car can travel the length of an entire football field. Any distracted driving just isn't worth it. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. What is a number story? My number story started with fear and a lack of support, and it has led me to be there for others. A number story begins in our childhood with ACEs, Adverse Childhood Experiences. My number story begins with the separation from my father and the emotional abandonment from my mother and leads to me being a role model to not only myself, but those around me by becoming the person that wasn't there for me. ACEs are so common, two-thirds of us have one. My number story begins with drug abuse and homelessness and leads to realizing that I can live life by my own standards. A study found the more ACEs, the more likely we may experience a host of serious health effects, physical and mental, but that doesn't need to be the case. Your ACE number is simply an entry point to your own story. Where it leads is up to you. 
My number story begins with years of emotional abuse and leads to peace, clarity, and security in my self-worth. Take control of where your number story leads at numberstory.org. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian and Alaskan Native Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. You're back with Dr. DeRose for our final segment of today's edition of the broadcast. Chip Merlin, lawyer and founder of the Merlin Law Group, has been sharing with us insights from his book, Pay Up, as well as insights from his legal practice, helping you with the insurance issues. Chip, we've been speaking a lot about variety of insurance products, some of the pitfalls, some of the challenges, some of the nightmares. But I think one of the issues that may have come up in people's minds as they were listening to our last segment is, well, yeah, I don't think I was treated fairly before. I mean, we're not even talking $425. We're talking less than that. I did call. They didn't really give me any traction. It just seems like a lot of folks don't know where to turn, Chip. Is that just my perception or is that reality? No, I think that's reality. I think uh, many people don't want to raise a fuss, so to speak, about it. And the insurance companies bank on it. I often talk about it sort of like gift cards that you buy at a retail shop and 60% of the people don't even use the, the card. So it's called breakage. In the same way when an insurance company says, uh, we're not paying for that. And they give some reason and people look quizzically. And it's not just people, just regular people, homeowners claims or health claims. I've seen major corporations quizzically look and literally say, we don't think it's worthwhile. And it could be over a million dollars. They're not mm. bringing something back. So I think it's human nature for many to avoid confrontation about that. And so you know, part of the, in the book, Pay Up, I talk about, don't let the insurance companies go. You got to stand up and be a squeaky wheel at that time. If nothing else, you can make a complaint to the Department of Insurance in almost any single state. And most people don't know that there are regulators there that would love to help out on complaints. As I've heard insurance commissioners say, why don't people make more complaints? It's easier today than ever. All you have to do, and you can go to the website, you can put it on the internet, and off you go. The problem is most people don't know you can do that. Mm. And so even if you're afraid to call a lawyer, which you shouldn't be, there's lawyers on contingency fee that will at least listen to you, maybe tell you where to go. And if they're good lawyers and it's a simple matter, they don't need, you don't need a lawyer. Maybe you just need a call to the insurance commissioner. Sometimes it's easy as just, I want to speak to the field adjuster's boss, and then they might change their mind too. But you've got to be a squeaky wheel and you've got to complain that I don't think I want to know exactly why this is being you know denied. So you know, for property insurance claims, I often say if it's a large matter, you ought to consider possibly seeing a public adjuster. And that's mm -hmm. somebody who's not a lawyer, but somebody who helps out people with property insurance claims that it's an adjuster for you, not the insurance company. But if I had to go down the list of what people ought to do, complain first to your insurance agent, see if your insurance agent will do something, complain to the Department of Insurance. If it's a property insurance claim, you can see a public adjuster and then call a lawyer, see what your legal rights are. And I, I tell the story in the book about a lady who could not get somebody to represent her for $25,000. And she found our way to our law firm. It was on a supplemental claim against a major insurance company. The insurance company had told her that she needed to go out 
and gave and determine what her contents loss was and to go back to her burnt out structure. And so this woman's 76 years old, wow. and we have pictures of her sitting in the soot and ash and smoke residue, all carcinogenic, all that the insurance company knew could make her health horrible, could kill her. And they had her out there going through the rubbish and also going through the trauma again of remembering all of her things, all the emotional things that all of us have, photographs, the kids' trophies, all the stuff that you have that is burned up that you're never going to have again because mm-hmm. the insurance money is not going to replace those w- once-in-a-lifetime unique items that you have. And she's reliving the trauma and sitting through the soot and ash. Because that particular state, Colorado, had very good consumer protection laws, we ended up taking the $25,000 supplemental claim into a settlement for $1.2 million. I can talk about it because the insurance company didn't pay enough for us to consider it to be confidential. And okay. in my book, I talk about who the insurance company is, but, and our client wanted to make sure that story got out. So they knew, you know, and they wanted to help others. Don't give up, you know, call somebody to help out. And, and some states have very, very strong consumer protection laws that are there to penalize insurance companies when they don't act right they delay the payment, they underpay, or they even put people's safety, you know, in harm's way. So giving everybody at least an easy tip outline, but you got to stand up for yourself. And I encourage people to do so. This is just uh, great information. And I think a lot of folks, whether they're representing a large tribal entity, whether they're representing themselves, their family, it's so easy to let things slide and just say, hey, that's the way it is. But you're really saying, uh, Chip, there's a lot of opportunities for recourse, whether it's going through a government agency or finding a, an attorney or a legal group. Tell us a little bit about the Merlin Law Group, because it sounds like people from all over the country work with you. Where are you based and what is the scope of your practice geographically? Uh, well, we have 42 attorneys in the uh, continental United States. We have some more in Puerto Rico, another eight in Puerto Rico right now. I'm licensed in 11 different states, but uh, we literally have had uh, lava flow claims out in Hawaii to uh, uh, snow claims out in uh, Vermont to earthquake claims and hurricane claims in Puerto Rico. It's, uh, we represent the United States Judiciary of the Virgin Islands on a hurricane claim. So we've had all kinds of different type losses for businesses, municipalities, everything down to that. I think the smallest claim I talked about in the book was over $42 where an insurance company would not pay a a lady that walked in my office for a hole in her muffler that was caused during the time the car was stolen. And they just would not believe their customer. And and we made that into a, a, a lawsuit where she got everything. Our attorney's fees were completely paid because the state that it happened in uh, allowed for that. So um, our law firm is dedicated to the advocacy for policyholders. We do it all the time. It's not just necessarily in the courtroom. I'm a big promoter of United Policyholders, the largest uh, uh, consumer group representing policyholders throughout the United States. Um, while our home office is in Tampa, Florida, we're we have 13 offices throughout the United States, and uh, I love going to California. I'm, I'm licensed in 11 different states, including California and Colorado and Texas, Illinois, and uh, I like traveling. I like meeting different people, uh, and, it's, and it's fun to help people when they're in their time of need. I think that's the basic crux of what most attorneys that really enjoy doing what we do are sort of the David's taking on Goliath, and uh, we really, this is what we focus on. We don't do any other area of the law. So we just keep focused on policyholder rights day after day. I mean, you'd have to be a dummy not to get better at what you do if you do the same thing day after day after day after day. 
And I'm very proud of the law firm and feel very fortunate to be able to be in this position. Chip, it's exciting to learn about you, about your services. I, of course, had heard of you before booking you for the show, but it's uh, it's been really great just to see you in action, helping my listeners, helping uh, my viewers get a feel for some of these important issues. Our time has just about slipped away from us. I'm actually looking at the clock right now and uh, got it off to the side of me today. It's uh, it's just running relentlessly, but uh, we do have a few minutes to um, help us understand a little bit better what I could find if I went to MerlinLawGroup.com. I know I can pick up a copy of your book, uh, links there for the book, but you've got a blog, you've got other things there. Help us understand why I might want to visit the site. Well, if you go to our website, you'll also find a way to our blog. And if you're in any particular state, you can literally research. I have a collision car damage regarding this. and We've been writing it for the last 16 years, and so things will pop up that will help provide, I think, education to people. We even have how to contact the insurance commissioners in the various 50 states, if that's what you want to do, and contact an insurance commissioner. But knowing your legal rights, and one of the reasons I became a lawyer was because if you, the only people that really seem to know where they stand in life are lawyers because they know the laws and, and what your rights are vis-a-vis somebody else. And most people never study insurance law. It's very nerdy. Who would want to go do that? Anyway, so when you we have an insurance claim, we try to be that source for them, as well as give some practical tips all on our website. That is tremendous. Forbes Books uh, has put a lot of energy into your latest book. And for those who may have heard us allude to it a few times in the show, they maybe didn't hear us mention it to begin with. Give us the full title of the book and just why this might be a valuable uh, addition to anyone's library. Well, the book is called Pay Up, Preventing a Disaster with Your Own Insurance Company, and it will help frame how you ought to think about insurance, both from a personal standpoint to a business standpoint, from the time you pick your agent and the types of coverages and the questions you ought to be asking to in the event there is a loss that happens to you with the warnings about don't give up and what you can do and the resources that are available for you so that you are a completely informed consumer. They even have a, what type of attorney should you select and what should you look for an attorney? Because I've had people tell me afterwards, I wish I would have met you. Instead, I hired somebody who was a general practitioner that really doesn't do this area of the law. So how do you even find policyholder attorneys you know, that can help you that specialize in this type of area of law? Chip, thank you so very much for uh, really enlightening us today, giving us access to some great resources. Before we step away, one more time, what is that website where folks can go and connect with you and your resources? Well, that website is MerlinLawGroup.com. Uh, you can put Chip Merlin, attorney, and it'll you'll find your way there. If you can't remember anything else, Chip Merlin's a good name to remember for that. Chip, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. And, and don't forget, don't give up. Make them pay up. I'm Dr. David DeRose. Hopefully you enjoyed today's edition of the broadcast. As always, we're interested in your optimum health, not only for your body, for your tribe, for your business. Well, on that note, I'm Dr. DeRose wishing you the very best of health. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.